Well, that was a little glitchy. We'll see how that one goes. Hopefully it is not a bad stream. Welcome to Shaping Success. I am your host, Wes Tankersley, back again for another morning coffee. Hopefully these things will pop up because it's been interesting as always. What's everyone up to this morning? We've been doing this every morning for a while now. Quite a few people joining this live podcast. I don't even know if you call it a live podcast because the reality is that it is a vlog. It is a podcast. It is whatever you want to call it because it is live on YouTube. It is live on Facebook. And I haven't set it up yet, but I hear now that I can go live on Instagram. Um, which is great because that is one place where they cannot, they do not allow you to do that. Got shit done this morning, Nikki says. And that's what we're trying to do right now, right? Like we're getting started. We're getting shit going. We are drinking coffee. Some of you have been up for a while. And me included. So. Sorry. I am looking at. Trying to look at the restream thing because well, I had some issues this morning. Uh, or not this morning, this weekend with uh, the computer as usual. It's kind of one of those things like I'm starting to realize that maybe it's not just an issue with computers. It's just the way that computers are. And uh, we're always going to have problems with them. So screw it. Let's keep moving forward. If I can type this morning. If you can see, I kind of did a little bit of fixing up in the studio. And you probably never noticed it, but I did. And it doesn't look as clean as I wanted it to, but now it does. Um, I've got that kind of squared away. Um, if you're watching this on TikTok, you can see I've got some bass traps up here, which I'm working on trying to get the room a little bit more soundproof, a little bit more in order. Um, you can't see the corners. I got some other corner pieces because they make these things that just go in the corner, make it a little, a lot cleaner than that. Um, I've got a couple soundboards in front of me, which I'm going to make a couple more one for each side of there. And it's all about just absorbing sound and making it so that um, sorry, trying to remember a login. <laughs> it's all about making it quieter for the person who does the editing because when you have a bunch of background noise it doesn't work as well. I guess we're not going to get in there. Hopefully the stream is coming to you well. I know that it's coming because Nikki has got it. <coughs> I apologize. <coughs> so I was thinking about two things this weekend. I've been listening to this book by Arnold Schwarzenegger called Be Useful, which has kind of a dual meaning. But when you're talking about things <clears throat> that you do, you need to remember that being useful is very important. And as you're doing things throughout the day, are you being useful? And he was talking about whining, okay? And he said something that uh, I just pulled up the quote and I found it, but I was talking about it. When there's a problem... The first thing that we continue that we typically do when we have a problem is complain. 
and wine. And we never really have a solution. And it's funny because I've thought about this for a while because I've come up with that, not on my own, but I heard it from someone else. And when you come to places with a problem and all they do is, all you do is just go and complain about it without having a solution, then it's called whining, right? So Teddy Roosevelt said this quote, it says, complaining about a problem without posing a solution is called whining. And that's what you got to think about. No matter what your situation is, if you don't like it, and I think about this a lot at work. I used to come to employers with complaints, and then I would never be like, well, this is what we could do to fix it, or this is what I think, or this is what I, what I thought. And I can't remember a time when I just completely whined about things, but I like to come up with things that you can do to make it better. And that's how my brain works. It's like, if I don't like it, what can I do to make it better? And how can I make it better? And how can I be more efficient? And that's kind of the way my life is. Like I, with everything that I do in general, I'm always trying to find a way to make it easier, to make it more effective, to make it more streamlined, to make it more clean. And um, I know that it's easy to complain. I get it. Nikki says, it's a good thought. I definitely complain though. And we do. But think about what you do when you complain. Are you trying to create a better situation? Or are you just complaining about what is actually going on? And I think that that's what a lot of us get lost in. It's like, are we just going to bitch and complain about it? Or are we going to try and figure out a way to make it better? And that's what you got to do. You have to work to make it better. Here's another good one. It says, when you complain, you make yourself the victim. Leave the situation, change the situation, or accept it. All else is madness. So that's the other thing too, right? Like if you don't like it, if you don't agree with it, you have, you have choices, right? Leave, change, or accept it. And if you can't do any of those, then shut your damn mouth. Because I tell you what, it's not going to get any more Exciting or fun for you to sit there and complain and whine about the situation. We have to be willing to do one of those three. Champions never complain. They're too busy getting better. Are you a champion? Joe and TikTok, what's going on? Good to see you. Thanks for hopping in. Appreciate you. Feel called out. <laughs> yeah, I feel called out sometimes too. You know, the funny thing about this is that I, again, like if you've been watching Morning Coffee for a while now, if you've been listening to me for a while now, because we're damn near, oh, 260 something episodes, which. It's funny, I cleared my catch. So now that means that everything that I pull up on my computer is now going to be logged out and it did not save my passwords, which... <laughs> How many of you have those issues? That was my sarcastic laugh. When you're trying to find your passwords, like at this point in life, I feel like I should remember them. 
but uh, I don't. Because I've had to change them so many damn times. And that is a pain in the butt because, you know, like when you log into things, you, and they tell you, you got to change your password. You got to change your password. You got to change your password. And then like you auto save them and everything, which is probably not a good idea, but I don't really care. But now I can't log into anything. So, well, whatever. We'll log into that later and I can tell you. I know it's over 260 episodes. But anyway... You sit there and you complain and you whine about things. And if you don't have a solution, not very good. Find the solution to the problem. So yesterday I was, I was running across some things like, and this is kind of the deal. It was funny. I went through and we're starting to clean out the garage. We've been cleaning out the garage for a couple of weekends now. And I was rolling through some stuff. I was kind of looking through some stuff and I, and I, and I talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago about like having a hard time getting rid of stuff because getting rid of stuff it's like, I work so hard for that. I love that. I want that. I made that. I did that. And you can't get rid of it. Or maybe you can. But it's all just something that you just have. It's stuff, right? Um, and you got to pick your battles of what you're going to keep. So I was rolling through um, my memory box is what I would call it. Like everyone's got one of those boxes, right? Sometimes you have a little box that has like letters and notes and all that shit from when you were a kid. I do have one of those. It has like, it's my grandma made this wood box with like a uh, copper tooling on the top of it, which is really cool. And I'm never going to get rid of that. It's just like this chair over here, over there. It's my grandfather's chair that my dad gave me a couple years ago. I'm like, no, that can't go anywhere. I'm going to do something with it and it sat in my storage unit for like three years and then I took it and I had it refinished and it's a beautiful chair um, so it's going to sit in here in here gosh you guys don't know how this works I'm looking at something different I'm looking at everything's the opposite it's a mirrored version of what it is so if you try to point at something you're pointing the wrong direction still haven't got used to it but I was going through that box and I pulled out some stuff I had like my letterman's jacket what is up cloudy over on youtube so i was an athlete in football there's a couple things that kind of bug me though i was missing my baseball pin on there because i did letter in baseball one year one year my senior year um and it's got my football pin on it with the bars and everything which that's a whole nother story um but anyway i was rolling through it and i was looking and i found this little card I don't know where I put it. I think I put it back in the box, but I took a picture of it before I put it back in the box because I didn't want to lose it. And it's funny. This is where these things started. In 1996, I was 16 years old. And I'm trying to think. It had to be 96 because I graduated in 99. So 95, I was 15 years old. I was 16 during baseball season. No, never mind. I was 15. Anyway, ramble, ramble. But I was playing on the baseball team, and my freshman baseball coach, Brian Hoffman, was my social studies teacher my freshman year. And Brian Hoffman was the, I'm sorry, I should say he was the varsity baseball coach. But in the beginning, in the beginning of the season, everyone gets together, everyone practices together so that they can do tryouts and they can decide what team you're going to go on. We had a freshman, we had a JV, we had a varsity team. Okay. What's up, Wug? I hope you are feeling better 
from the COVID. Um, and then the next year, he had a massive heart attack and he passed away. And sitting at his funeral, it was kind of cool watching because the year before they had won the state championship in baseball. And we had watched the team walk into this funeral. They were all wearing their Letterman's jackets. They were all like, it was just kind of the coolest thing ever because it was just a memorial to this guy who was such a great guy. And I didn't get to know him very long, but he taught my social studies class and then he taught my uh, driver's ed class and then he passed away after my driver's ed class. It was kind of a tough thing. But my mind has always been in this don't quit thing. My dad, I almost quit football when I was in fifth grade. My dad had nothing of that. He would not allow me to quit the game or quit the sport, quit something that I started because he had quit something that he had started when he was younger for a whole completely different reason. He didn't have the choice. Um, His brother had committed suicide and he had to take care of a bunch of things for him. And so like he deeply regretted quitting because he probably could have made it work, but there was just so much going on for like a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. He was the same age as I was when he was a freshman in high school. And he loved playing the game, but he will never forget quitting because he didn't have much of a choice. But anyway, in his um, the little pamphlet that they hand out at his funeral, he had this poem by John Greedville Whittier called Don't Quit. I'm going to read it to you. Reading poems, you know, it is what it is. You're going to have to listen to it because I think that it has a lot of meaning and it'll tell you a little bit more from where I'm coming from, Okay. And why I think the way I think, you know, not only did my like all these things come into place when you're growing up and you're moving through life and navigating. And I think that if you look and you try and find the good things and everything that's going on in your life, it's a little bit easier than sitting there and camping on the bad things. And there's not very many bad things compared to the good things, but you don't see the good things because we're conditioned to see the bad things. Okay. So here it is. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to talk to you about it a little bit. I might end up telling you a little bit more about that story of me quitting football, but we'll see. It says, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't, you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns as every one of us sometimes learns. And when my failure comes about, when he might have won, had he stuck it out, don't give up through the pace. Though the pace seems low, you may succeed with another blow. That's some good crap right there. You never know. You never know if the next try could be the last try, the try that gets you there. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt And you never can tell just how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. For all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. Like I can feel, I got the goosebumps. I got the hair standing up on my head. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. These are things that like, if you look for clues in your past, you might find something that will make you realize who you are. 
And that's why I love sports, and those are the lessons that I learned. And I think it's funny. Because when I think back on that coach that I had that I did not know a lot but knew pretty well, who took an invested interest in my life, is this the way he thought? And how did I miss it when I was that young? But it's pretty crazy to think. You know, in the end of that poem, it's like for all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Because you've decided that you're, you, it's not worth it anymore, that you can't do it. And it might have been. You don't know. I don't know. It's been a couple of months now we were talking about the pinata, right? Like you think about the pinata when a kid is beating a pinata with a bat, with a stick, with whatever, and they hit it two or three times and no candy comes out. But if they stop, they'll never get the candy. They'll never get the prize. And that prize of failure is what you are doing and pushing forward and trudging forward and continuing to stop or continue to not stop. I'm sorry. So just whining, get it done, are problem solving. What are we doing? Another thing that I heard in that book, which is very interesting to me, and I've heard it before, but you think about Thomas Edison, how many times did he fail at something? And his response was, it, I learned so much from those, though, and I learned how many times not what to do, right, from the failure. He was talking about WD-40, how many of you use WD-40? WD is like the 40th version of that. So the guy failed 39 times before he got what he wanted. And now look at it. Now look at it. Now look where WD-40 took you. So remember, if you're chasing a goal, if you have a dream, if you have a desire, quitting is where it ends. And I'll tell you real quick about the story about my dad. Um. And I'm not going to tell you that I was a world-famous athlete because I wasn't. I was pretty decent. When I was in the third grade, we moved to Ontario, Oregon. Previous to that, I had played Little League, and we had a coach that was not allowing me to play, which at the time... I didn't think anything of it, but it made me have this hate for baseball. Like I didn't want to play baseball. So I didn't play baseball again until I was in the fifth grade. But what had happened was I went out for football and we had, they call it Pop Warner everywhere else, but they call it Optimus football here. Just the, you know, fifth grade football and you played with the fifth and sixth graders and I showed up and went to practice and, um, First day, you're putting on shoulder pads, you're putting on all that gear, and you're really hot. It's in the middle, it's just at the end of summer, and it's roasting. And you know, here I am, prime guy for football. I think I was probably six foot when I was in the fifth grade, or size 10 and a half shoe. I was a big kid, prime for football. And I showed up to the practice, and the coach said, Hey, you're gonna take a big lap. And this big lap, like, and I, I, it's funny because I can guarantee you if I go back there right now and I go look at that lap, it probably wasn't that big. I bet you it was like an eighth of a mile. It was not huge. He called it a big lap, though. So we were going to run around this whole elementary school and end up back in the, where we were practicing. 
And so we go out the first thing and I take this big lap and no big deal. You know, I mean, it's running. I was tired. It was a pain in the ass, but I did it. So then we continue to go through practice. We're learning how to tackle because we don't know how to do that yet. We're learning how to block. We're learning how to all do all these things. They're assessing us. They're trying to figure out who we are. Well, I was over 150 pounds or over 100. Yeah, I was over 150 pounds. I think it was 100, over 100 pounds. You had to have a red stripe on your helmet. The only position you could play was line because you're too big and you're going to hurt someone if you're like a running back or whatever. So that was it. The only thing you could play is line. And so whatever. Anyway, I think I was like a defensive lineman at the time. And I pulled out, the, I found this ribbon that I got because I was the most improved player that year. But this was what set that most improved player off. So we get done with practice and he goes, all right, we're done. But we're going to do one more thing. We're going to take another big lap. And I lost it. I'm like, no fucking way. I'm not doing this. I lost it. I'm not, I'm tired. I'm not doing this. There's no way. And I threw a fit. And I think my mom picked me up from practice, but like after an argument, I said, no, I'm not doing it. Or I ended up doing it or something. Then I went home and I told my dad I was quitting. I'm not playing football. I'm not going to do this. I don't want to run. You know, I'm tired. I'm not going to do it. So the story that I was telling you about my dad when he was a freshman in high school, he, uh, he had to quit because his, his brother uh, com- committed suicide and it was a tough thing for him. You know, um, not only did he just lose his brother, but he's a freshman in high school. He's trying to get, navigate school. He was a big kid like me playing football. <clears throat> and that was the sport that he was going to play. He didn't play. He ended up not playing any sports in school because of the situation that had happened. And his brother was really into FFA and ag lived in a place where that was a big thing. And he ended up having to take care of that. Like his brother had this master plan. He had like five cows, a bunch of pigs, sheep, all this stuff. And like the reality of it was you had to spend your whole morning and your whole afternoon taking care of those animals. Like it was like, go out there, feed them, go out there, walk them, water them, do all the things that you need to do with these animals in order to make sure that they're exercising and all that stuff. You couldn't just leave them in a pen and let them go. So he became responsible for that stuff because no one else could do it. And so he didn't have the time to play. And so like he regretted the fact that he had to quit. It wasn't a choice of his. And given the choice again, he would never allow that to happen. So this is the crossroads where we're at. So with a little uh, 90s behavioral enhancement, he convinced me to go back out and go, go back to football. Had he not done that, there was a lot of things that wouldn't have happened. Okay. Whole nother story, but I almost, you know, it's almost unheard of to letter four years in varsity in football for most people. Um, The year before, there was a freshman that ended up on the varsity team, got a punctured lung playing and ended up, he lettered, but he he lettered four years. And there hadn't been anyone who lettered all four years in a long time at my school. And I was on the path to make that happen when I was in high school. And then I ended up, uh, I ended up not on that path because something else happened. We'll talk about that at another time. But anyway, I lettered three years. I got a scholarship to play football in college. And had I quit, those things never would have happened. And that's the point of this. Like we can sit here and we can quit. And then we'll never know what would have been. And we can think about it forever. And that's kind of what I think about with my dad. Like I think about how 
he always has that doubt that what could have been, you know, would he have been like an NFL player? Probably not. But he never had the chance to prove that he could do anything other than what he's doing now. So, and again, that's like a, that, that choice was his choice, right? Those were the things that he had, not his choice, but those were the things that he had to go through. Like he didn't get the opportunity to do things that he wanted to do because of a situation that he had no control over. And so I think about that every time I think about, it, I'm going to stop doing something or quit doing something. And, uh, I think that's a good reminder. So anyway, we're going to end it with that. <clears throat> uh, thanks to Nikki. She is my subscriber. It's funny. I thought I had more, but apparently I do not. So we're going to keep shouting out Nikki because she is awesome. Subscriber on TikTok. Subscriber to the Patreon. You want to subscribe to Patreon for $3 a month. You can help support the show, help it grow. All this stuff is not free. And I want to make this better for you. And this is one of those things. Someone asked me, why am I still doing it? It's because I see what I want it to be in that one shot, that one video, that one live, that one TikTok video, that one live that I don't do or quit doing. It could be the very next time that something blows up. So until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success. Thank you.